Welcome in to another episode of the Burgundy Blogcast. I'm Hayes Permar for Sports Channel 8, and with me, the man behind Burgundy Blogcast, Brent. Redskins are 0-1, Brent, which we have to talk about. <laughs> you, you like how I'm coming out of the game with that? Let's just get it out of the way. They're 0-1. Uh, how happy were you at the end of the first quarter? Let's start with that. Um, uh, I wasn't happy. I think by that point it was... Uh, they were losing 7-6, right? Maybe no, no, they made it to the first quarter, still winning 6-0. Okay, all right. Well, but that's what you mean. Yeah, they had, you know. Whew. I thought it was celebration time. They're up 6 nothing. Come on. Wasted opportunities, you know, sto- yep. story, of the, story of the game. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was one of those where, like, well, I, I mean, everybody knows Pittsburgh, clearly, the, you know, the favorites, likely yep. the superior team. And, yep. and it's one of those where like field goals is just not going to get it done, and then you're stacking field goals, and they had an outrageous number of possessions inside Pittsburgh's forty, uh, like I don't know five five maybe in the first half, and they're just they're just coming away with like field goal, field goal, nothing, field goal. So yeah. is there any more, is there any more sense of dread when your team is like move the ball twice and you have two field goals, and then as soon as the other team hits that touchdown, you're like last game over. Yeah. We, Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, I had, I had that. I mean, I, 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 a little bit, I guess. I don't know. At that point, you know, right, right then. In fact, even a little bit later, when they were losing by, I forget how it went. They were losing by maybe eight or something. And sure. I, I tweeted that they, I didn't feel like at that point that they were being outclassed. This was still in the second quarter. They, they were losing, and they had made a bunch of bone, boneheaded mistakes. But it was like it felt like they were a few. Um, just just barely missed opportunities away from being you know totally competitive or or winning and then it just completely you know fell off the deep end in the second half so all right a general question everybody says that uh well that week to week everyone overreacts to one big game that's especially true uh when we've only seen one game and now everybody who's 0 and 1 thinks their team is you know about to go Three and thirteen, and is in for a miserable season. Yeah. Everybody, one another thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. You've already said thirty-eight uh, sixteen. The score looks bad, but at least you're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers on the other side, not somebody like the Jaguars. So you can say, "All right, we lost thirty-eight sixteen to a really good team." How do you uh, how do you use this sort of in your ongoing measuring of what you think of the Skins? Does it change a lot? I mean, we we had them barely maybe ticking just above a 500 team anyway. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you saw out there to to make grand changes from, or, or are you still thinking the team that you thought they were before the, the season started? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, for the reasons you said, like it's probably not wise to really swing your overall season projection too far either direction after one game regardless because weird stuff happens in week one, and you've got starters that some of whom haven't, you know, maybe they're still a little rusty because they haven't played a lot of preseason games, et cetera. Um, I mean, I, I, I did kind of want to emphasize exactly what you said, which is that first of all, it, it is, it is only week one and there's 15 games left. Obviously the Redskins lost their opener last year and they still won the division. It's not necessarily, it's, it's never a must win game in week one. Yep. Secondly, Steelers, exactly like you said, also really good team, potentially a Super Bowl team. And I mean, yeah, they were missing some, some key guys. They were missing Bell and Martavis Bryant's out and, uh, you know, Bud Dupree's out, and they were missing some guys. But like that, that is a that is a really good team. That's maybe as good a team as the Redskins will face this year. So, I don't think there's shame in losing to the Steelers. It just kind of sucks that it's at home in Week One on Monday Night Football, as per usual. Um, 
and then you know the other thing before I just start crushing them too hard is uh, remember again that the NFC East still is probably going to suck this year. So the Redskins don't have to be total world beaters to um, you know to to still be in the thick of it in December. Um, and so so failing to measure up to a really good team like the Steelers does not mean that the season's a waste. All that said, unfortunately, yeah, I think this game does kind of make me have to you know, kind of downgrade my overall expectations a little bit. Right. I thought they probably were still, you know, I guess I've, I'm, I guess I'm on record as predicting the same record as last year, which was nine and seven. I think we I'm talked about a tick, a tick over 500. You yeah, know. yeah, exactly. I mean, a little, little bit stronger schedule, hopefully a little bit of progress. They, um, they didn't, yeah, they, they look pretty bad. They, they just, they got pretty much beaten soundly in all three phases ultimately although special teams was kind of a wash uh they you know the the thing is there was there was a a lot of optimism i mean i guess fool me once shame on you fool me 15 times shame (laughs) on me but with the redskins it's like you know even the beat guys all the everybody in the locker room everybody at, at, at at training camp everybody at practice they're saying no, seriously, it actually is. We really mean it. It is different this time. There's the new culture. There's a new. This is the tightest group of guys we've seen in a decade, and they really want to go to war for their brother beside them. And like I was, I was drinking the Kool Aid a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that's completely wrong. I, I do think that overall, sort of, you know, big picture, the culture is changing, improving, and I think there's a real tangible difference here. But, but you know, all of that led you to believe, well, like, what if this is actually kind of, what if it all just, you know, what if they kind of galvanize and, like, becomes a special year? And then and then this happens, and it's kind of like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Total reality check. Like, they're, they're not, they're probably not going to wildly exceed our expectations. I don't think it's impossible that they could meet them. But, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. So I, a, a lot of talk is given these days, instead of trying to rank teams or quarterbacks one through 32, people like to do things in tiers. That's almost a right. little bit easier. So I'd like to say, like, coming on into the season, the hope was that the Redskins had sort of made it into the second tier. Nobody was thinking yeah. this is a Super Bowl competing team. You know, and that first tier is your, your Steelers, your Patriots usually your Packers, and then there's a couple other teams that Seahawks, we figure out Cardinals, there. Yeah. Seahawks, you know, last year we figured out the Panthers were there. They may, may not be this. There's there's like three teams that you know are going to be there and that are, and there's usually two or three that we find out during the season yeah. to have sort of the five-team five, five team first tier. You were hoping the Redskins are in that second tier, which is kind of uh, probably going to make the playoffs, should compete with anybody, but, but you know, is a couple spaces away from the, the top top. And I think – if the Redskins were fully second tier, then it would, we would like to see in a more competitive game with right. the Steelers, even if it didn't, you know, a second tier, a sign of a second tier team would have been going to the fourth quarter, maybe winning, but not really being that disappointed with, with a loss where you went nose to nose with the Steelers. This feels more like third tier, which is where they were last year, which is if some breaks go right, you can make the playoffs, but you're probably not going much further and, and you got some pieces. But even that assessment delves into a little bit of of the overreaction Monday. But, you know, we're yeah. here to get some reaction. Yeah. All right, let me ask you a specific question, then I'll let you dive into some areas where you saw. But just looking at the box score and from what I saw in the game, 
Are you more disappointed in the Redskins rushing attack where uh, Matt Jones put up 24 yards? Um, nobody else had really an event. One guy had 23 yards, but as a team, not a whole lot of rushing Did yards. Did Matt Jones really only have 24 yards? Yeah, seven carries oh. for 24 yards and no teeters. Uh, so are you more disappointed in the rushing attack? or the rushing defense, which allowed almost 150 yards to D'Angelo Williams uh, and uh, and a couple other people. So yeah. uh, which which one hurt worse? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I definitely expected both of those units to continue to struggle, not only at the beginning of the season, but throughout the year. Um, I guess I'm a little more disappointed in, in the Redskins' offensive rushing attack because there were some, some reasons – to believe that even though they didn't really show big strides in the preseason, aside from this fairly meaningless fourth preseason game where they, they actually look pretty good on the ground, um, you know, there you, there's the whole thing about, well, you know, Matt Jones, is he's in his second year now. He's had maybe a little time to develop, and he's learned how to carry the ball more securely, and hopefully he's learned yeah. some patience and, and vision. And then you've got the whole right side of the offensive line with Brandon Sheriff and Morgan Moses, who were first-year starters together last year. Now they've had this chance to build some chemistry, yada, yada. Yeah. And then just a renewed sense of whatever, you know, dedication, blah, blah, blah. And it just, you know, didn't really come together. Now the Steelers have a really good, you know, probably borderline dominant front seven, and they're a very difficult team to run against. So same as we were saying, it, it doesn't mean that that the season is, is going to be as futile as last year's was in terms of running the ball because they were just facing a really good front. But, you know, and that happened to Dallas yesterday too, by the way. We, we, Dallas is going to be a really good – running team with Zeke Elliott and that offensive line, but the Giants appeared to have, have actually put together a pretty strong front seven and then it just kind of shut them down. So um, I'm a little more disappointed in the, in the offensive running game because, you know, they, they did nothing um, in terms of personnel in the offseason or, or, you know, ostensibly in terms of scheme to really cause me to expect the run defense to have improved. I mean, if anything, they lost Terrence Knight and they lost Jason Hatcher. There's reason to believe and I, I predicted elsewhere that they probably would actually even get worse and, and so they yep. did so um that that was even less of a surprise but definitely controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball total fail um in this game for the Redskins um what other units or um specific players did you highlight as either having uh, a particularly bad game or maybe being a positive light um Let's go. Let's start with a particularly bad game. Any any other yeah. units? Yeah, or yeah. Th- um, I, I'm not sure at what point you fell asleep during the second half, Hayes, but you may have missed Bashad Why Breland. Um, Just because I showed up late to record, you have to tell everybody that I fell asleep. <laughs> uh, That's all right. Keep it within 20, and I'll watch your whole game. Okay. I'm sorry. I was no. sorry to see Bashad Breland have a very um, rough night, and and he started off um, on a good note with a pretty sweet interception that he tipped to himself. Yep. But after that, um yeah, he he pretty much got worked and that was not not exclusively in coverage, but he he was very very poor in tackling on several occasions including including one really ugly touchdown. Um so Did Breland, he get beat the Antonio Brown the first touchdown? Yeah, I think both of his were actually. Yeah. Um uh, well, you know, the second one one of them uh, that sort of deflection touchdown that Eli Rogers caught really bounced bo- bo- well, uh, both the both yeah. the initial both the first Brown touchdown and then the deflection touchdown both both hit Bashad Breeland in the hands or arms in the end zone. 
Yeah. Um, Flexion touchdown was a little bit quirky. It was, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. But and, the, and, uh, and Antonio Brown is is a, is awesome, you know. So yeah. I mean, how how much can you hang the guy out for getting beat by Antonio Brown? But he he had, I, you know, Breland was not good. Have you seen the new Antonio Brown Sports Center commercial? He's doing something, answering the phones or something like it's, that. It's fantastic. I had actually seen it a couple times without hearing the words. He's he's every time he picks up the phone, he's like, "That's another reception, baby, another reception." <laughs> And then, and then somebody comes along. He's like, "Dude, you just picking up phone calls." And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the phone call desk or the reception desk?" <laughs> and then he goes back to it. He's like, "104 all day, man. Like it's fantastic." But but that yeah, you saw his his, uh, his his celebration after his second touchdown, right? Were you dialed that, in for that? Yeah, it's fantastic. He's I, I love Antonio Brown. It's probably worth uh, the penalty yards, I think. Absolutely was. Now the first one, I almost felt bad for for Breland because when, if I remember, it was like fourth and one, and I almost felt like, man, somebody probably didn't say to him, "Hey, dude, yeah. I know we, I know we're playing run here, but just on the sneak, like if your guy goes goes long, they will throw here." So that, <laughs> that was almost one where it's like, "Welcome to the league, dog." On fourth and one from the thirty, you yeah. still need to go full speed on the fly with your man just because it might happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and he, I mean, and he really it was he wasn't in horrible position no, for that. He was, it was a perfect throw. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a lot of perfection. That, that again, that was almost a welcome to the league. Like, right. oh yes, you know. Whereas back in the day, you could usually run those things down, and if you couldn't, the quarterback probably couldn't put it in the perfect spot anyway. It's like, no, no, now, now every wide receiver is almost as fast as you are, and every quarterback can throw near perfect passes. But so I felt bad for him on that one. But and then yeah, deflected pass. He's walking away feeling like. You know, I mean that's that's the thing. You can be ninety seven percent good, and there's just other guys who are playing at a ninety nine tonight. You know, you, so. you could tell it was one of those games for him though, where like you know some some of those, I mean he he just it was getting to him. You know, like he right, he, right. he his his effort and his focus in the tackling in the second half was uncharacteristic. He's a pretty good tackler usually. He's pretty good up around the line of scrimmage usually, but yeah. he he had some serious boners. I mean, he I think it was. You know he's a confident guy, but um, yeah, it was it was starting to look pretty ugly. Um, two people that get talked about a lot, and that we talked about in the last podcast, are Josh Norman and Kirk Cousins. Partly yeah. because Redskins are paying a lot of money to them, and people pay a lot of attention to them. What do you think about them tonight? Norman was fine. He almost had a sweet play where he stripped Brown, um, and and then they ended up um changing the call from a fumble to an incomplete pass. But, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't get lit up or anything. But a lot of the talk this week is definitely going to be about how he wasn't really matched up with Brown as often as Breland was. And yeah, so, yeah, they, you know, they, they did what they said they were going to do. And I'm not sure it was smart, but they pretty much had uh, Norman stick to the left and Breland to the right. And so Breland ended up being on Brown much more and, and you know, got chewed up. And so they're going to have to definitely revisit the question about whether they're they're going to have – Norman traveling to match up with with the best guy. yeah I mean I it seems like I don't know what the move is there in, in some ways like I think about me playing basketball well I don't know I, it, it, it's weird I, I think about playing basketball I guess on defense I don't care about what side of the, the court I'm on on offense I definitely like have a favored you know based on what hand you are right. just sort of like running one way or the other you know you just it's not that you think you're quicker going left or right it's just almost you you develop your your i don't know your your mind sure. sense or just whatever so th- there's that on the other hand but on the other hand i do think there's something to be said for well if you think he's your best guy like go guard their best guy right. so i'm i'd like to talk to some more people 
about how that decision gets made before we're a team that plays. We've got our left corner and our right corner. Right. Or- or a team that plays. And on top of all of that, you gotta you gotta just look at what's going on. When you're in game and you're getting chewed up, like you know, it may not have been your preference, but you gotta you gotta try something. I mean, because yep. they were just going back to back. I mean, how many did how many balls did Brown catch? I don't know. It was, he was unstoppable. Um, yeah, eight for 126 yeah. and two teeters. God, he's so good though. He's really freaking good. Uh, and revisiting our conversation from last week about uh, defensive backs in general and how you know nobody stays best corner in the league for yeah. more than – did you see Darrell Revis this weekend? Oh, my gosh. He got dog walked like, by AJ like Green. Non-starter level almost. Yep. I mean, yep. it's just – A, it's how hard that position is right. and B, how hard it is to stay at, at the very top. But, yeah. no, I'd say overall you'd have to call it a good game for Norman. Like you yeah. said, make play – and then defensive back. It's, he had it's a always, chance for a sweet pick in in the I think early fourth quarter too, and just didn't didn't quite get it. Yep. And what about the Cousman? Cousins uh, was Cousins was bad. I'm this this hurts me to um, to admit, but uh, it, it wasn't just kind of mediocre. It was bad. I, I thought it was pretty bad. He and I I thought he was going to really go off. I was telling everybody to play him in fantasy, and I predicted on Twitter beforehand that he would have three twenty and three touchdowns. Even versus the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers have you know a, a, t- typically a um, pretty blitz heavy scheme, and they're they're yes, good at getting a, a good pass rushing team, but but a pretty weak. I mean, I, I I thought expected a pretty weak secondary. The thing is, they 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 kind of switched it up and did a lot, played a lot of zone. They didn't blitz much. I think that was smart. Cousins was totally unable, despite all these weapons, to take advantage of that secondary. He was. I mean, even even a lot of his completions were were this kind of thing that this this bad habit that he has of just failing to lead guys, you know, and he's just not, not hitting guys in stride first he's quarter. Totally standing still. Yeah. I mean, then they're just yeah. getting stood up right after they catch it in the first quarter. He had a really bad miss to on, on, on third down, down inside the 10 yard line of Jamison Crowder. Um, he had a really hideous interception to Shay's ear, uh, that he returned, you know, 50 or 60 yards or something like that. And I mean, he, he had a couple other balls that could have been intercepted. He finished the game with a tipped ball interception in the end zone. He was way off. He was far worse than average today. That really sucked. That hurt my feelings. So you did, didn't, you did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to do that every week. That might have to be. So you, so you, you did like that. You did like that, or you did not like that. So you did not not like this week. Not even going to dignify that. Any other individuals? How about any bright spots? Any silver linings? People you saw that you liked? Mm. Ooh, tough to, oh, no, no, that's fair. Thirty-eight, sixteen. You don't, you don't have to give out a lot of. I mean, it was you know, pretty rough, Hayes. Like Trent I'm Williams sorry. didn't even look that good. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. Preston Smith. I was tweeting about him at the sort of in the first half about kind of being invisible. He's, you know, he he got some pressures even early on. He got a couple of pressures, but I'm pretty sick of Preston Smith getting pressures. He needs to get sacks. I realize that Ben Roethlisberger is one of the hardest quarterbacks to sack, but um, yeah, Preston Smith is probably, I mean, I think our the, the Redskins' most talented pass rusher right now. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan had a nice play where he stripped the he stripped Roethlisberger and should have had a fumble recovery, but didn't fall on it. Um, Preston Smith just you know a couple of hurries, but um, not the big impact plays that they desperately need with with Galette out, you know. So it's just it's a pretty anemic pass rush for the Redskins, and they need him to f- to finish. Yep. Um, 
Obviously, week one is not a must win. It's a little obvious to say week two isn't necessarily a must win, but now you all of a sudden are getting to a possibility of 0-2, and and it's the Cowboys coming, who A, lost, and B, uh, we don't think are the Steelers. So in theory, you're you're playing a team that's a more winnable game. you got another one at home, and it's a division game. Uh, how important is the Cowboys game next weekend? I think it's pretty pretty, pretty darn important. I mean, it's very far from a must win, but to start out 0-2 and, and, and overall an 0-1 in the division, um, it would be, yeah, just not a good look. I think, that, I think they're in, in some trouble here because that um, – I'm, I think that Dallas running game is going to be able yeah. to pretty much have their way. So they they got to figure something out. I mean, I'm looking, you know, third, fourth quarter of this game and and seeing Ziggy Hood on the field almost every play. And this is a guy they signed, like, I don't remember, to a futures contract maybe, like a totally um, – he, he was kind of like he, – he was an early free agency signing, but um, – you know, not really supposed to be like a, a key contributor. And, and it turns out that he's like a foundational piece of the defensive line, which is just kind of like goes to show, I guess, the state of the union. But I think they're in trouble when um, when Zeke Elliott gets gets into town. Well, um, would you are you going to go so far as to make a prediction or uh, are we avoiding the not yet? I got to sleep on it, Hayes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, at this moment, I'm not feeling too good about it. Forget a number. What about uh, do you have major predictions uh, or predictions of things that you think might look most different in the next game? Like thing you things you expect uh, them to change, either playing certain people differently or man, they really got to. I think that the play, I, throw think, to somebody I more, don't ex- or, I don't expect the Redskins running game to dramatically improve, but I think Cousins will probably be sharper. He should have a lot more success against Dallas's defense. They're just flat out not as good. Um, I mean, they're just going to have to figure out how to get more out of Jordan Reed. He was involved on the first drive, and then he kind of disappeared a little bit. That's the Redskins' best offensive weapon. And, you know, they were able to get to, to Deshaun Jackson a couple times tonight, but they they just they got to figure that out. I think, I think Cousins will have good numbers and keep them in it against Dallas. Um, but I, I think they'll probably struggle to run again and often throughout the season. I think they're probably going to get chewed up on on the ground. The you know Dak Prescott um, so much publicity in the preseason, and I, I think I, I think a little bit more than he really deserved from his debut. I mean, there's the whole well, he's just a fourth round rookie angle. So what do you expect? And I I believe that, but you know he came in with a lot of hype and all this near perfect QB rating in the preseason, and you know he's going to take Romo's job. And I think he was okay, poised, sure, whatever. He probably looked like better than a rookie rookie in week one but he I don't think he offers much downfield passing to that to that no. offense he's you know it's wow. a lot of like short and intermediate stuff to Witten and, and like Des Bryant was almost a non-factor so you know I think the Redskins should should you know they're, they're secondary even though Breland had such a rough night tonight they should be able to probably handle Dak Prescott pretty well it's that running game that's going to be the yeah, problem who, who is the um who's the little wannabe uh Edelman that the Cowboys have. Uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah, yeah. They throw, throw a lot, <laughs> lot yeah. of Cole Beasley. Cover, cover Beasley he next week. He was busy, yeah. They were throwing him a lot. Okay, now I can only assume that it's been intentional because I've heard you mention several times the Cowboys running game, the Cowboys running game, Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. I've heard his uh, Elliott. It's a name that I have not don't heard. Don't do it. Don't it do it. Be better than Ezekiel Elliott from what I saw in week one. Yeah, you're right. I feel watching that man. 
Alfred Morris running out into FedEx Field in a Cowboys uniform, maybe into the end zone. It felt terrible and nauseating, but um, it's gonna be even I, worse when you're in you DC. Know, if there was anybody who could put on that uniform and that I would still have love for, it's it's him. I mean, it's very. I I I, I wish ill upon that team in many ways, but uh, never never on him. I I hope he continues to have success. He, by the way, had a tweet that I I retweeted tonight during the game. Did you see this? He tweeted. Something along the lines of, like in the second quarter, I think, uh, let's get it going, Captain Kirk. So he is wow. rooting for his boy Kirk, his division rival, in a non-division game. I mean, how much do I love Alfred Morris? That's strong. He's, it's so yeah. strong. I That's just, strong. You know, I mean, you know, I, I hope that. Um, every touchdown scored upon the Redskins next week is him for sure, and it will <laughs> it, it will matter. Uh, and were you happy, sad, surprised, not surprised about um, the Steelers do this to everybody, especially on a big game? They like Steelers fans, maybe probably more than even Packers fans. Steelers fans may be the strongest visiting right. team fan base. Were you were they, were they annoyingly loud for you in FedEx Field, or did you think the Redskins did a good job of showing out? I had a hard time telling from the broadcast. Most of the initial beat guys reports were saying that it was a it was a pretty reasonable majority at least of Redskins fans clearly by the end when when all the Redskins sure. fans had left it was well, sure it was looking pretty bad and there was a lot of terrible towels I mean it seems like overall it was not an embarrassing you know a distribution of fans I think they they did all right gotcha anything else from you or uh, you want to save it for next week uh where hopefully the Redskins will be one and one after winning for the Cowboys yeah I don't I don't think there's too much about this game but we got to say a couple words about RG3 don't we <laughs> I said, I guess we do. Uh, it, it looked like a guy who hasn't learned a lot from experience. And, and sadly, it looked like the same old tale over and over yeah. again. Uh, anything else you wanted to add about his uh, injury? And I didn't see anything updated, but there was potential that they were putting him on IR, right? He's on. Yeah, they put him uh, on. He's, uh, he'll miss. He'll be out until at least week 10. I think he's in serious jeopardy of not playing again this year. His contract wisely for, for the Browns right. was on play, like yep. not, not even performance, just how many, how many games can you stay healthy for, which obviously was a question coming in. So it was fair to, to do it that way. It, any thoughts or did you just want to bring that up? Just he to had, he, he, I, I watched, you know, laugh, laugh at his ill fortune. No, I would never laugh at him. I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it, I wouldn't because it's become a, Greek tragedy. It's it's yeah. um you know he I wanted I wanted he he left DC on on bad terms with most fans and I I had kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Um and it was it wasn't it certainly wasn't just what he failed to provide on the field. A lot of it had to do with his personality and and certain ways in which he turned a lot of people off. When yeah. he left, nonetheless, I still wanted to be able to to um you know root for him. And and I was pleased that he went to an AFC team, so that I wouldn't have any you know sure. con- conflicted feelings about that. Right. Um, but it was pretty clear throughout that game. I watched that the the NFL um, cut up of all of his throws, and he looked quite bad. And <laughs> the, the yeah, he really he really looked bad. Um, he really looked the same old guy that we saw in, in 2014. And then the play he got injured on was was a completely avoidable hit in a a totally non-critical situation. Um so it, it's like I mean he just I think he's 
he is programmed to self-destruct. And um, I don't know. I mean, you think he's going to get another shot? If, 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 if McCown is even halfway decent over the next two and a half months, I don't see why they would put RG3 back in. And if they don't, I don't see why he would be on the team again next year. And I, I think the chances of him having a, um, a, a clear path to a starting job ever again are not good. I was a little surprised to find him as a starter this year. Now, yeah, I can't yeah. say that, especially on week one. Now, I, um, I I can't say that I've extensively followed the, the Cleveland Browns quarterback race, so I don't know what led him to be started. But I was they, surprised. They have, they have, I mean, the front office included talked him up so much as, as not only like their guy, but saying that he clearly went out and earned it in the offseason and preseason, that he earned the starting gig and that he's not just a short-term fix, but they have, like, the long view with him and they're hoping that they can really develop him. And I was – all along, I'm like, what? And then <laughs> it just seems like it's out the window in less than one game. So, um, you know, he's had – the stuff he's been in the news for over the last couple months with the split from his wife and the ridiculous – uh, social media posts about his new girlfriend and the tattoo and stuff. I mean, I think it's, I feel sorry for him. I don't think he's, I don't think he's grounded very well right now. And I think that's serious personality did, uh, pathology, but did he have to return all those presents to Washington fans? that, that <laughs> <sit in school? laughs> Oh man. I'm glad I was not among Awkward. those. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I was in DC, I probably would have sent him a present just to, just to be part of the thing. You know what I mean? Especially at the time he was hot. Like, Hey, yes. Yeah, RG three, uh, you know, some China. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank you too. What? Uh, it, it is tough. You, you know, um, in today's world, yeah, can we see him disappear for three years and come back at age 28, you know, totally reworking himself? Maybe, but, like, no, nah, odds have got to be against him and long yeah. at this point in terms of coming back. So um, it'll make for a great 30 for 30 in about 20 years. Though. Yeah. Remember, the, remember this guy? Like, remember – and it's not just remember this guy because he's not like um, – He's not like Charlie Ward or some Heisman candidate who we never got to say, play NFL. It was a Heisman candidate who then backed up and yeah. seemed to have some of the magic. You know what I mean? Right. And, and on the heels of we had just seen Russell Wilson do crazy things as a you know as a rookie and second year guy without without talking about him much beforehand. So it's like, hey, no reason why this guy who we, we have been talking about couldn't follow that same path. So right. I think it'll make for a great thirty for thirty in a few years. So. Uh, but no, that's an excellent topic to uh, to bring up as a uh, as a related topic to Skins news. As we talk about Alfred Morris coming back in, a former Skin. That's another former Skin that I know people are still interested in. So, that's right. uh, with that, let's wrap this week of the Burgundy Blogcast. And like I said, we'll hope for a 500 record and some more fun things to talk about after next week's game against the Cowboys. Hey, good news! It'll be at 4:25. No, no, actually, that's not the time. The good news is it won't be in prime time. That's all I need. Thank you. Thank you. Like, let me get the time right here. So that's, how about 1 o'clock? Let's do it at 1 o'clock. That sounds but it good. won't be in prime time. That's the big thing. Uh, for Brent and the Burgundy Blogcast, I'm Hayes Permar signing off. Thanks for listening.